Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. Uh, I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And uh, it's just me. I'm the other guy, Fergus Craig. Dave Watson's already gone back to the homeland. The North. The North. Um, of course, Paul and I want nothing to do with the North. <laughs> no. Um, good luck to Dave. And may he have a Merry Christmas. Luke, I think maybe he's already gone up as well. So it's just me and Paul left in London to address this weekend. First, I'd just like to say something about Pavel Cernicek. That happened today, as far as we know. Um, it's all over Twitter, and it gives you some indication of how much he's loved. He's, he's had a cardiac arrest, that's all we know right now. Went for a jog, he's promoting his book in Newcastle. I don't think there's a lot to say, but apparently he's in a difficult... It's a really clearly very serious. I think he's in it's, an induced coma. It's Yeah, it's very serious. And um, I thought, oh, maybe we could start talking about his career and stuff. But I don't want to do something that sounds like an obituary. Yeah, fair enough. Because, you know, no one wants the worst to happen. So, but uh, get well soon. Get well soon, Pav. I know Dave... He's a massive fan of Pav. Met him on a plane. Met him on a plane. He's got a, quite a good story about Pav, which we'll have to um, get him to do next time he's on the pod. But let's go on to sort of brighter things. Uh, Villa this weekend. Um, did you watch the game, Paul? I did, yes. Yeah. I was... I don't know, it's weird. I kind of... I don't know how you felt before the game, but it was one of those things where... If it was any other club other than Newcastle, you would be looking forward to the Villa game and thinking, if we're this good against Liverpool and Spurs, just think what we're going to do to Villa. Yeah. But I listened to last week's pod with you and Dave, and I think you both predicted underwhelming performances. It just seemed too good to be true. I thought, through all logic, I thought we would win it. Ah. But it just seemed too good to be true. The idea of Newcastle United winning three games in a row 
just yeah. doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense in it terms of physics. Happen. It's it's just not possible. So, although I did actually predict two one, because um, I thought I should uh, I should be positive because I'm going through this thing at the moment. I'm I've been listening to a self help <laughs> album actually, and it's all about positive thinking. And in terms of Newcastle, it didn't work. But this was this weekend. the only time you've not gone for 1-1? Because that's your go-to score normally, isn't it? It's very rare that I don't go for 1-1. And annoyingly, Dave went for 1-1. And it was 1-1. Okay, from now on then, you should probably predict 1-1. Because at least we'll have a, big, a better chance of winning, I think. Do you think? I would like to... Yeah, I was thinking about just making my default position 2-1. But, yeah, okay. That could work. So, um, two, a game of two halves, Paul? Yeah, I think. So. First half, we dominated them. They looked as poor as their league position suggests they are. Well, this is the thing. They're dog shit, right? Yeah. They I haven't won in, like, 15 games or something absurd. Not that much. Yeah, they've not won since the first game of the season. But the problem... Well... They did that thing which I like to think we're specialists of, of sticking a midget up front and hoofing long balls up to them. And it it just meant even our shoddy defence could cope with it. But as soon as they brought on Rudy Gestead, who may not be technically amazing, but is a giant, suddenly the way they were playing made sense. I don't know why they didn't start with him. But I thought we were very good first half and just not really at it second half. Well, it's interesting to look at Villa tactically because Dave particularly kept on going on about Remy Gard as um, as a possible manager for us. Mm. I mean, not just Dave. The, yeah, the I think a lot of people liked I'm, the idea of him. A lot of people liked the idea of him. And are we seeing now what we would have got? Or was it already a, a I lost, don't th- or were there already a lost cause before he? Yeah, t- they'll the go down. I think that's there's. N- I don't think there's ever been the kind of escape they'd be looking for now with their points total. I can't see them getting out of it. It's Derby County esque. Yeah, there was there was that year West Brom escaped, but I don't think they were as. Bad they were in, in as bad a position. Yeah, I think they're down. I don't think it's a reflection on Remy Gard necessarily. It's an absolutely mental season, though. Yeah. So, Villa, the way this season is going, Villa will qualify for the Europa. Well, it's that's my prediction now. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a safe prediction to bet against. Yeah. But the promoted teams all seem to just be... Well... With the exception of Villa, any team is capable of beating any other team. You look at this weekend, Norwich beat Man U, Watford beat Liverpool, both of them convincingly. Bournemouth are winning games. Yeah, well. it's, it makes you worry about not necessarily us staying up, because I think I'd still put us slightly under 50-50, so I think we will stay up. But every week you see the fixtures and think, well, we'll probably start to pull away here. Like this weekend's a prime example. Norwich have got Man U, we've got Villa. Surely we can create a bit of a gap, but it goes the other way. So it's just, it's going to be one of those seasons, I think, where it'll come down to. You sort of wonder if 40 points might actually be the target you have to get, because in recent seasons it's been below that. But it feels like anyone at the bottom, or in the bottom five apart from Villa, can get three points in a game. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, it, the game itself, 
there were um, we were a lot better in the first p- half. There were quite a few missed opportunities. Yes. There was a Sissoko miss. I mean, I don't know whether all of this was in the first half, but there was a Sissoko miss. I think mi- some of them were the second as well. Yeah. There was a Sissoko miss where he swung her left boot and sort of embarrassingly, really. It was, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good chance. It was on his weaker foot. But- Wijnaldum had the same thing. And there was a Mitrovic one but it was just fizzed at him too fast. That was, was yeah, a, that was just so... Let's go through sorry. the chances. Yeah, that was just... Sissoko got himself in a great position, and I always wanted to defend Sissoko. He's our top assist maker yeah. so far this season. But, um, yeah, he really whipped... There's whipping a yeah. ball in. There's, there's two different things you can do. There's one is the idea that you whip a ball into an area with pace and hope for the best, and it's going to be difficult to defend. Yeah. Or if you're picking out a player, like he was with Mitrovic, you don't whip it in at that sort of pace, because that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I would say the mitigating factor in all of these, because there were a few missed opportunities, was the, the conditions of the pitch. Because you wonder if like it being so waterlogged have ever maybe had everybody second-guessing every pass. It was incredibly wet. It was... I've not seen anything like it in the Premier League. Would your... At school, would your PE teacher have sent you out? Yeah. They would. Oh, any conditions at PE. Any conditions. But... And the thing that was quite nice to see that I think would have happened at school as well is some of the longest slide tackles you've ever seen. Yeah, brilliant stuff. You don't get to see that very often in the top flight, so I don't know whether it's the drainage at the St James's Park pitch is just terrible. I mean, it had been raining solidly, but yeah, they were complaining. There were, suggest- there were suggestions that the drainage isn't up to scratch. So, well, watching not the only West it- Ham game yesterday, where the rain seemed to be just as heavy, there didn't seem to be massive puddles on the pitch there. In the well, way there's, we an- there's another thing to have a go at Mike Ashley about the yeah. drainage system. Yet again, number one on the list: <laughs> <laughs> the drainage. Sort it out, Mike. Now, um, Steve, with the with the rain, it occurred to me when I was watching. The highlights, again, to refresh my memory today, it occurred to me that, of course, our manager is Steve McLaren, who is the only manager I've ever seen to choose on such an occasion to hold a brolly. Yeah. And he probably wanted to wear a brolly, uh, to hold a brolly on Saturday, but just didn't have the guts. But you have to think, if you're him, would you ever carry an umbrella again? Even thing. in the street, if he as soon as he would put an umbrella up, he would just get shouted at by strangers. I mean, that sounds like a short story. The man who could never hold a brolly again. Yeah. It's, there's something tragic about that. There is a bit, but... He can never, ever be protected from the rain, <laughs> rain again. He just needs a good, sturdy anorak with a hood. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't... Ever Steve, get- if you're listening, <laughs> get yourself down to Black's, the yeah. camping supply shop, and just get get something. For Steve's sake, and I don't think it's on the cards, let's hope he never gets a job at Man City or Man United, because, as we know, Manchester, Manchester is the rainiest city in Europe. Didn't know that. Yeah, he'll be in real trouble. So, 
The most impressive miss of the lot was CM de Dion. My boyfriend. Your boyfriend. I yeah, there's no there's no defending his miss. I do we like, don't need to defend it because it was off target. Yeah. It, wa- it was Luke de Jong-esque, I thought. But I do like having CM de Jong in the team, which may be an unpopular view. He did get an assist as well on the Colocini goal. We took a corner. For us, though, that's... It wasn't can, like it was a good corner. He just took a corner. He got an assist. Right, OK. But yeah, OK, I might be <laughs> slightly deluded about CM de Jong. And his, his passing's not been up to much, but it's his fourth game in a year and a half. So yeah. I, think, I do think he's one of those players that it's worth giving a bit more time. Unlike Papi Cisse, who well, I think, start, I think the, the starting lineup is something that is worth discussing. Cause you look at the Spurs game with Mitrovic and Perez both coming on, both scoring and looking good. It's quite a bold decision to then start with De Jong and Cisse. I think uh, it's fair enough what you're saying about De Jong. Uh, he is the sort of player that uh, was bought with high hopes and he's been injured a lot of that time. So now that he is fit, it, it makes sense to give him a go. Um, me and Dave were talking a lot about Mitrovic and Perez. My guess is that Steve was just looking at the fact that we've long we've uh, won the last two games. Yeah, and um, I think it's about experience as well, just age-wise more than actual game experience. Because it's the difference with the Villa game is one of those we're expected to dominate, and you feel like you need cooler heads there who've been there before, which I think might have been more the reason for Mitrovic uh, for De Jong and Cisse being in the starting lineup. I don't think it worked. But I think that might have been more of the thinking. I can see I don't the think theory it was down behind to merit. that. I don't know if I can see it in the execution. No, definitely I mean, not. Carlo Cini is probably our oldest player. Yeah. You know? And I'm, I'm older than Carlo Cini. But I think if I'm you, older in years, not in game experience. It's quite weird. But you wouldn't put me on the pitch. No, but I think the Liverpool game seemed to be a bit of a turning point for us. And that. I think the selection process there was very much... De Jong and Cissé were selected because of their age and experience. And it did work there. Like Cissé was closing down all over the place, as was De Jong. They seemed to all be talking to each other more. So I, I think if it's worked for two games or one and a half games, maybe McLaren was possibly right to not ditch it straight away and not be too reactionary. I guess what he wanted to do was, again, use Mitrovic and Perez as impact subs. Yeah. But he wasn't able to do that exactly, perhaps, the way he planned it because Cissé came off injured. Um, I don't know exactly what the score is with his injury. It doesn't seem like it's a really serious one, but I would imagine he's going to miss out on the next game. Yes. So, would you... So, who would be your two... Let's assume there's going to be two strikers in the next game... Who would be your two? See, I think with the way we play, it's a choice of De Jong and Perez in the sort of deeper role and then Mitrovic or Cisse. So I think Mitrovic and then, I'm, to be honest, I'd toss a coin on the other one. I'd that give, would be your decision. You would be... Yeah. If you were manager of Newcastle, would, would, would you toss to, the coin in front of the players? Because okay, no, that would be quite galling. If I personally had to choose... 
I would probably go De Jong because I do think he organises the team better. And because and because I'm he's your boyfriend. <laughs> okay, all right. But I can see that people would listen to this and say, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Well, you know, that's it's all about opinions, and that's fine. And and uh, you know, just live and or die by your decisions. So uh, conditions were very difficult. The first half, I would say, we were just about on top. Yeah. I think over the whole game, the encouraging thing was... Like, well, it sounds counterintuitive, but the encouraging thing was we missed some very good chances. Villa didn't miss many particularly decent chances. It should have been 3 or 4-1 to us. And maybe that's evening out things like the Bournemouth game where we won undeservedly this time. But we didn't completely crumble. Like we got a point, and there was a spell after they got their goal where you thought this we look just all over the shop at the back. Everyone was just hairing around, but then we settled down. It's good to see we could actually do that. Over the course of the ninety minutes, though, they had quite a few chances and quite a lot of possession, and you could make the argument that I mean, a draw to me seems like a fair result. Yeah, but you could but make the argument that if anyone deserved a win, it was them. I don't think so. I think they played the better football, but we had by far the better chances. They had a very too long shot. That's true. We there did have another the one. Chances. We like we had three or four where you think they should be going in. Another pretty good game for Rob Elliott. Yeah. If I mean I've never seen Darlow play, but if Tim Krul came back, which one assumes he will at some point, would you keep with Rob Elliott? I think it sends out a very bad message if you don't. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think he's he's more than played his way into the team. It's a weird... I was talking to somebody else about this the other week. There's certain clubs seem to have, like, things that are regularly wrong with them. It's like Arsenal never have a decent defensive midfielder for whatever reason. And our thing is we always seem to be fine for goalkeepers. Yeah, we've always had... I don't remember us not being, like, well stocked we've always had oh, you say that but I don't know if you remember last season there was a stage where we were playing like 17 year old that, that was, was an injury crisis that was though. an injury crisis but we, but even were, then, we were in a shit two, situation maybe for a our first while. three choice keepers at the moment you would happily have in the first team well of course looking over the Premier League era Pavel Cernicek Shaka Hislop they were in a battle at yeah. one stage, weren't they? And then you had... Given. Given and Steve Harper, the, yeah. the long-term battle. Yeah, you never feel worried about the keeper we've got on the bench. And the great thing about keepers at Newcastle United is they've always got quite a, an opportunity to show off their skills. Yeah, you earn your wages with that job. <laughs> yeah. So, second half, Aston Villa took over a bit good goal very good goal uh, can we blame anyone for that goal well they it's that thing you probably can blame Yanmar a bit because he didn't stick with the person he was marking but I think Allowed him it's just his such right foot. it's but such a good finish as well though like, you it's can't, a great finish you can't necessarily compensate for that I think the the encouraging thing about the game is we 
like I say, made a lot of very good chances compared to Villa. And I think if the conditions had been a bit different, we'd have been a little more clinical. Fun to watch a game in shit conditions sometimes, though, isn't it? Yeah, it reminded me of the old uh, FIFA 98, where you'd do a slide tackle and just go for half the pitch. And it just it felt quite Sunday League, but yeah. with suddenly like 48,000 people watching it. Fun. Let's have more games with shit conditions. So I don't have a, much else to say about the Villa game. Do you, Paul? Not really. I think we've kind of covered it. I mean, one thing to come out of that, I mean, you have to count that as two points dropped, really, when we had the lead. And this and season... So, uh, yeah, go on. Well, we've now dropped 12 points from winning positions, which if we... It's slightly a sort of churlish statistic because two of those points, or three of those points, were from when we were 1-0 up at Man City and lost 6-1. Yeah. But if we had all those 12 points, we'd be joint fourth at the moment. And there does seem to be a problem with us of defending a lead or knowing how to just see a game out when we're in front. That is definitely true. Do you have any clues as to what that problem might be we're just the not fact very that we can't good. do it yeah we're just not a very good football team yeah well we've we've there's a lot of themes that we've gone over about a lack of leadership so this is going to be our last pod of the year unfortunately listeners because we're part of the london metropolitan elite and uh, this podcast is uh, recorded in the west end of london the West End of London fucks off and goes and sees their mums and dads and shit over Christmas. So the offices, although I'm only going for three days because I don't really love my family, um, the offices aren't going to, where we record this, aren't going to be open over Christmas. So there's going to be three games um, between now and, and uh, the next pod. Maybe if you want to feel like you've got a different podcast before each game, just listen to this one, but at different speeds. <laughs> Yeah, so it sounds like great idea. Sounds like two very hyperactive people talking on one of them, and then just incredibly slow on the other one. Great idea. Or maybe listen to this podcast three times on Christmas Day <laughs> at different levels of drunk. I think it's fair to say any family members that you make listen to it will be grateful. Yeah, that there's a great idea. What I'd like you to do this Christmas is. <laughs> insist that your family over christmas dinner <laughs> listens to yeah. this podcast and doesn't talk whether they are interested in football so it goes christmas, like dinner, christmas dinner queen speech newcastle natter no 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 i want them to listen to it with no talking <laughs> over christmas dinner that is what that, that is all i ask for this christmas there would be less arguments, surely. Well, there you go. There'd and be less can, arguments. We'll can... provide the arguments. Yeah. So, with that in mind, I hope everyone's having a lovely Christmas dinner. <laughs> we're, go- we're going to do a, a premature review of 2015, just quickly. There are two games left in 2015. Yes. Um, so, this, this isn't a complete... I've I tried my best to compile some stats today, Paul. How did that? Because Dave is very much king of stats. He is king. The of idea stats. of like even listening to stats that weren't compiled by him scares me. I know, and I found it really difficult. And I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent 
confident that these stats are right. <laughs> but I'm as close as I'm going to get. So here's a question, Paul. In the year 2015, who do you think, in all competitions, not including friendlies, yeah. who do you think scored the most goals for Newcastle United? In the calendar year. In it? the calendar year, 2015, thus far. It's going to be one Aldem or Cissé, surely. Okay, who are you going to go with? Well, Cissé was banned for quite a long chunk for spitting, so I'll say one Aldem. Well, Aldem, correct. Yes. Seven goals. Uh, was only, only joined us in August. Yeah, worrying. Second wasn't Cissé. Second is... Perez, uh, right. six goals in the whole of 2015. Yeah. I mean, these are not mind-blowing figures. This, like, this isn't a big issue, but this ties into one of my problems with, not with Perez, because I think he's been great, but he is very young. And I think a lot of the time, especially online, the clamour for Perez to be starting every game purely comes out of the fact of how amazing he is on Football Manager. Do you reckon? He becomes one of the best players in the world. And I think there's a lot of people going, well, he's a £35 million striker on my game. He should be starting all the time. We have to remember how, like, 21, 22? I think I got caught into that kind of thinking with Yaya Sonogo for quite a while. (laughs) I mean, he turns into into an incredible player. But this is why I'm still convinced we should sign Daniel Amakachi. (laughs) (laughs) He is the real deal. Um. How many goals do you, just out of interest, how many goals do you think Papi Cissé has scored so far in 2015? Four. Correct. Hey! Four goals. Every Newcastle United player other than Perez and Wijnaldum in 2015 has scored less goals than Sergio Aguero scored in 20 minutes against us a couple of months ago. So these stats really do sort of suggest just how shit a season it's been. Just remembered on the subject of goals, we should probably have mentioned Colagini's goal, but it was that unremarkable that we should have done, yeah. it's sort of... It's not often that he scores a goal. It came to him, he swung a boot, it, it went in. Well done, Cola. We're done. <laughs> no, but well done. You know, back back to the stats. It's nice to see him... Score another opportunity to wheel out the song, which is he's got a good song. Yeah, but I do, I do find the whole issue of his captaincy and his like occasionally wanting to leave, I, and then as soon as he scores, we're singing that again, and he's saluting the fans. I find it all a little bit difficult. So that's um, back to the stats. Colo, yeah. No, we'll get on to him. In a, in a minute so I've just given you some stats who would you looking over the course of 2015 who would you say has been our best player who would you give the award to probably if I'd done it early in this season I would have said maybe Yanmar yeah but I do think he has defensively fallen away a lot this year I think he pretty unanimously got the award for best player of last season from yeah. us Perez is in with a shout but I would say it's like the goals thing the amount one Aldum's done since being here probably means for me I think he deserves it okay I'm going to say personally 
because he's played throughout the year, although he's not started throughout the year, I'm going to say, perhaps because he's really good on football manager, I'm going to say Perez. Fair enough. Because I think he, as a, as a, he has as been a spectator, a he's been a bright spark, and as a spectator, it's easier to see what he offers yeah. throughout a game. Whereas when Alden basically pops up and scores four goals against Norwich, true, he does a lot. No, when Alden's got a lot to offer, he's been he's been a, a really impressive signing so far, I think. But just by virtue of the fact that Perez has played throughout the yeah. season, no, I think that's fair enough. You, you see him on the. It's a. It's easier to see what he does. Yeah, he's skillful. I'm giving it to Paris. It's always nice to see. Who would be your worst player of the season? Of the, of the calendar year. Sorry, of the, the calendar year. Of the calendar year. It's a tricky one. I mean, Mike Williamson's always going to be there or there. I mean, your sport for choice. Really, yeah. Aren't you? Riviere, does it? Has he played enough to count? This is the thing. Do you go Riviere? Who's and the worst? Mike Williamson who's the most? have scored the same amount of goals, <laughs> which is one. God, Teote has to feature in that as well. I think he's right. been very poor. I mean, it's we're sport for know. choice. With yeah, we're sport for choice, and it seems a little unfair because they are just shite. Tovan, you could put him in there. I Although, mean, I have to say, when he came on, he delivered at least three very good crosses into the box, which I think that's something that nobody else offers us. And when you've got Mitrovic up front, I don't think it's necessarily... You can see a function for him. He just seems so lightweight, though, that he's never... I don't know if he's ever going to work in the Premier League. No. Not as a footballer, anyway. No, he could be a... He'd be a steward. <laughs> Is he strong enough for that? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Maybe we can get a job on the kiosk. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it would be def- definitely not fair to give it to Tovan because he's he's you can see that he's got something there and he he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to show what he's got. I'm going to give Shitter's player of the season, perhaps controversially, to Colaccini. And I say the season happened yeah. in 2015. No, I think that's quite fair. Because he's played virtually throughout. And I think he's been awful. He's had some terrible games. Yeah. And and also, perhaps, and this is not his fault, I'm sure he didn't ask for the role, perhaps he did, but also perhaps because he's captain. Yeah. It because does... I would blame him not just in what he does as a player, but... Also, what he appears not to be offering in terms of leadership. Well, this is what I was saying about his goal. It's like you can't suddenly be captain fantastic. He has been very good the last three games, so hopefully that is maybe something has clicked in him. And he did an interview after his goal. That's good. Today, uh, the other day, but... And he has given the odd interview, but... But well, he's like, very come reluctant. out and give an interview yeah. after we lose... He was very reluctant before. 8-1 or whatever. What was it against Man City? 6-1. 6-1. Come out and give an interview after that. Yeah. So, and this is where I started to get cocked up, where I started to go all wrong. I was trying to <laughs> I'm, work... I'm trying to look at your bit of paper and there's lots of, like, tallies and... Well, this is what You've I... You've tri- put the effort in. Uh, this is what this I tried is- to do, as I tried to work out how many goals we'd scored in 2015... 
uh, how many goals we conceded. And I'm pretty c- confident that I've got both of these right. But then I'll, I kept on going wrong on like, how many games we played. <laughs> so which suggests that both of those might be wrong. So with an acceptance that give or take a goal, these might be yeah. wrong. They're going to be broadly right. Though. Okay. I think we've played either 39 or 40 games yeah. this season. Uh, this year. This year. Competitive games. How many goals do you think we've scored in that? Uh, 52. 41, mate. <sighs> so it's basically a goal a game. Yeah. I mean, looking over our scorers. I guess like I, I say, top scorer is Wijnaldum. And he's got seven goals. Four of them yeah. in one game. <laughs> How many goals do you think we conceded? 71. Very close, 70. Oh! According to what I did this afternoon. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That is relegation form. Yeah. I think we've won eight away. games in 2015. I should have asked you to guess that. But this is where I really cocked up when I was trying to work out how many <laughs> we've won, lost and drawn. And I kept on coming up with more games than I'd worked out that we'd played. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no Dave Watson, so... Who is, though? Who is? Well, Dave Watson. True. So, apologies if it's not perfect. Didn't you have another stat for us? One about... Oh, yeah. Basically, in the last year, this is in the Chronicle today, or not quite a year, but in the last 360 days, we've had no penalties in the league. And there's a bit of speculation as to, like, why that is. We've had, we've had some stonewallers turned down. So whether we're now, because of the status of the club, getting that small team bias. Quite often it seems to be against bigger teams, or like Liverpool and Man City especially, we've had good efforts turned down. And the Teote goal against Man City last year. If there is a small team bias, then, and I think there probably is, then I think in the eyes of almost everyone outside of the Newcastle world, we are kind of a small team now. Yeah, I think so. I was thinking about this today. I was thinking of how Leicester are top now, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And congratulations to them. I mean, it's insane. If you're listening, Leicester. If you're listening, Leicester, well done. But I wonder, are they having our year 20 years ago, or whatever it was, where we got close? I know we were, we were good for longer, and it was... Was our like period in the nineties under Keegan and Robson that sort of little period? Was that a reflection of who we are and who we're supposed to be, or was were were we having a Leicester City style blip? I don't think it's quite that, just because of the history of the club. I know this is something that's bandied about by a lot of teams and you could say it about Notts County because they won the league so many times. Preston North End, Huddersfield Town. But I think I'd put us more, a little bit like Leeds, but we're not down to their level yet. You have to look at the size of the city and the fact it's a one club city. Yeah. And the size of the stadium. And Preston. Yeah, but the scale of the club, I think. You're right. I'm just giving another... Even when we're dog shit, we get 48,000 fans. Yeah. Which there's not many teams that can do that. No, I agree. But, you know, I don't think we're quite as small as Leicester. I don't think it's quite as incredible. No. 
when you know you know what I'm saying but um yeah I think, yeah what am I saying now Paul well <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me like that because I lost my thread but I mean it's a crazy season it's yeah a crazy season but this what, is do you, do you think Leicester have got a chance of winning the league just while we're on it well you they're clear at the top so part of you has to say yes but instinctively your head says no I, I think they've got a very good chance amazing. of top four. I hope they get that, but it's... I can't see them winning it, but I, I It's that thing this season, I think they'll get top four. You look at teams like Leicester and Watford at the moment, and you just think this has to stop soon, but it just doesn't. Well, Watford are sort of doing what always happens. There's always a team who's up there and then drifts away. Yeah. Leicester are doing what never happens. Leicester are like a conversation with... Dave about Alan Pardew where you're like this has to end soon surely but they just keep finding more and more and they keep going <laughs> and you're like this might never be over they could go all the way yeah and now all over the table other than Villa everyone's, got get, Palace everyone's getting results Bournemouth are starting to win now but it makes some of our results before like the loss at Watford which felt like the beginning of a crisis like there's no doesn't seem to be any shame in losing to Watford no that's right but at the same time there doesn't seem to be any glory at all in the fact that we got a draw against Chelsea no true so beating Spurs and Liverpool I mean it's the thing with this season I think just because of how well the bottom teams are doing and how unpredictable everything is it feels like it's going to be close to 40 points for once to get there and whether, as a team, we'll realise that or not, I'm not sure. The good thing about the Villa performance, as well as the result, is that the board can't suddenly think, we've turned a corner now, we're safe. Like, we're going to be one place above the relegation zone for Christmas, and all the teams around us are finding results against big teams. So you think they can't go back on the plan of investing in the transfer window. Like, we'll have to spend money. Yeah, we will have to spend money. Will we? I think we will. I don't know if we'll spend... I, the thing that worries me is we'll probably go out and buy another lightweight left winger. If, you, if we were to buy a player, a good player, in one position, yeah. what would it be? It's going to be centre-mid or left-back. I think the thing... Paul Dummett isn't a left-back for me. And you saw against Villa, the thing that stopped us a lot of the time is he gets the ball and he's not technically good enough, I'd say it's good for a lot of our team as well, to pick out a pass. So it's hard to build any momentum down that whole side of the pitch. Maybe he is a bit of a left back, but not for the modern era. He's, he doesn't bomb forward. He's sort of yeah. there. But he, he doesn't run onto it and I knock in a first-time cross. I, want, I keep on wanting him to knock in a first-time yeah. cross. You look at the games he does well in, and it's no coincidence. They're the games where we're everybody back behind the ball, counter-attack, just do the defensive job and get it out of there. In games like the Villa one this weekend, where we need to dominate possession and didn't, he's not technically good enough to build up any play. And I think that goes a bit for our centre midfield as well. That would be my... If, if we, we could, could sign buy... two positions, I would go for a very decent, deep, a sort of Kabai type, who we could have signed in the summer but chose not to, 
and a decent left back who can get forward. A sort of left footed Yanmar in a way. My choice would be to sign 2011 12 Tiote. Yeah. That would be my choice. I think we really. Would need you sell Tiote in this window? To buy Tiote? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I could buy a younger version of Tiote. Would you yes. trade Is in. That, if I could. I would spend the money on a potion. Or my girlfriend was watching Death Becomes Her this afternoon. If I could buy a potion that span <laughs> that took Tioto back five years, that's what I would spend the money. on. I would not put it against our board to spend most of the transfer window looking for a potion. In research and development, <laughs> but I, in Terminator terms, I would trade in the Tioto One Thousand for the Tioto Five Hundred, even though it's potentially a more developed, older model. I don't quite insert... Uh, Basically, stars. Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator, the earlier one, but rawer right. for the later T-1000. Yeah. yeah, so would I. Where, how easy that player is to get hold of, I don't know. But look into it! Yeah. But at the same time, an upgrade, or at least someone to challenge Colback and Anita in the middle. Because you look at... If we're an injury away from needing Gufran playing centre midfield where's Bigger Romana what's it do with him is he on loan I think he's gone back to Coventry he's just not what they're not talking to him (laughs) yes nice little joke for you guys at Christmas hope you're enjoying that around the Christmas dinner table (laughs) (laughs) better than anything in your Christmas crackers eh guys so alright well we'll see who we end up buying we will yeah. see. I'm sure there'll be much to talk about in January. I think weirdly, as few goals as we're scoring, I don't think that's necessarily the fault of the strikers. It's just we don't have the players technically gifted enough to build up great attacking plays. But we've got loads in under 10s. I mean, yeah. this is what we've been talking about all this. And looking at the stats, it's just a quick reminder of what a dreadful period this is in the history yeah. of Newcastle United Football Club we are dog shit we don't even, even deserve a podcast we've got Newcastle United have more podcasts than they have scored goals this year that's probably true so uh, what would what would you say has been in 2015 the worst performance off the top of your head I appreciate Palace I think Palace 5-1 it's recent in the brain yeah and it was just so it was predictable which for Newcastle normally means it's not going to happen but you just thought we're going to get tanked and it was Pardew and it's the smug factor that comes out of losing to them I'm almost tempted in a mental way to say our 1-0 victory over Bournemouth I know what you mean but no that's that's not true. I mean, of course, there was the loss to Man City as well, but at least that included a goal. But at least for half the game, Mitrovic. we matched one of the best teams in the league in that one. Yeah. I mean, we've had some tonkings, like a lot of the Carver games as well. It usually seems to be when we play Southampton, although not this season, but yeah, last. I'm just looking. Well, there was a period where we did lose, like, how many fucking games in a row? Like, eight or nine? A lot. A lot. So, all right, I'll go along with Palace because most of the stuff from earlier on in the year is not fresh in the memory. Best performance of the season? 
Well, we've had some very good results. Weirdly, the Norwich one... I keep on saying season, I mean 2015. Yeah. The Norwich one should be, but I don't think we actually played that well, and it was one of those games that could have gone either way. It was a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. Maybe the Liverpool one, just because that was like, it showed we can actually do it. That was a good performance. Yeah, we pressed all over the pitch, which we don't normally do, and we just looked as a team like we wanted it. So I don't think it's stuff that's fresh and... The memory necessarily... What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say potentially does the fact that the best performance wasn't that long ago suggest that we've improved over the course of 2015? Well, the fact that the worst performance wasn't that long ago either suggests that it's the same old fucking shit, Paul. So, (laughs) I think you just don't know what you're going to get with us, which is exciting and infuriating. Best moment of 2015 has got to be... Jonas. Jonas. Yeah. And I was playing cricket at the time, but <laughs> you didn't even watch it. But yeah, that's got to be the best moment. Okay, well, I think we're approaching wrapping up time. You can hear the rustle of a paper. We've got three games before the next time you'll hear our lovely voices. We've got Everton on Boxing Day. It's on TV at home. We tend to do quite well on TV. I don't know, though. Although we didn't, perhaps Villa's put a stop to that. I think there's a a bit of a... It's a bit of a misleading thing, that. I think we tend to do well against teams that will put our players in the shop window. Okay. Because the Bournemouth game, technically, we did well because we got three points, and that was on telly, but we we were were awful. awful. And Everton are not the force that they were a year or two ago, I think it'd be fair to say. They're danger they always score but they always concede. They've got some great players, Everton. I worry about Lukaku up against Colocini. So prediction for that? I think we'll lose. I'm gonna say three one. We'll probably go one nil <laughs> up and lose three one. Okay. I'll say we'll I'm going to say 1-1, go back to the old 1-1. Tell you what, the Nick, let's not go through each game, but Everton... Oh, West- I don't know, I think we, we can quickly go through. Okay, go on. Then it's West Brom away on 28th. I think we'll win that. I think West Brom are looking pretty poor at the moment. I think that'll be a 1-0. All right, 2-1. Two, mm. I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. To us. No, to us. <laughs> and then Arsenal away on the second. We're going to lose it 3-0. Yeah, I'll go with that. I was going to say, how many points do you think we'll get from those three games in total? But that is... Three. Basically, just add up what we've just yeah. said. But then I think you look at the last three games. We had Spurs, Liverpool, Villa. You'd have taken seven points out of those three you games. You certainly would, which is what Steve McLaren said. But to it's annoying fair. to see him looking so happy about... Like, the problem with McLaren I have is that he... When we do shit and he's clearly stressed and annoyed, he smiles. And then when we're doing really well, he looks weirdly furious. And just just sort your face out. He's a nervous smiler. Maybe there's something yeah. just not computing in his brain. He doesn't... He never learnt the expressions. I just think he looks like a gone-to-seed, nervous Les Dennis. Well, don't we all? Yeah. This time of year. True. That's what I'd be looking like around the Christmas dinner table this year anyway so listen guys whether you are listening to this over your Christmas dinner or not I wish you 
all the best. Merry Christmas. Yes, the war on Christmas is over. Merry Christmas. No, not season's greetings, Paul. No, not happy holidays, Paul. Merry Christmas. We, are you prepared to say it, Paul? I prefer to call it Christmas. Christmas. Merry Jesus Christmas. Yeah. That's how strongly I feel about this, guys. <laughs> Fergus is wearing a massive rosary through this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the season. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, hopefully with more than three points. Thank you, bye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.